0: What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a fantastic weekend and a great start to your week. It certainly was a busy weekend in the world of pro wrestling and a busy Monday as well, so we'll get into all of that in just a little bit. But as always, I want to say thank you for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. So certainly, if you're following us on social media, Thank you so much. If you're not, click the follow button at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast, iTunes, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform. If you'll do me a favor, if you're not already subscribed, hit the subscribe button. And also feel free to rate us and leave a comment as well. Those types of things are super duper important want to give a big shout out to uh, a couple of cities who have been really representing well for us here on the faction our top cities in the last week include Atlanta at number three, Cordova, Tennessee at number two, and really leading the pack this week, it's Chicago, an amazing wrestling city, as we know, the original home for All In or All Out, the first big AEW show, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So lots of cool things happening there in Chicago. Longtime historic wrestling town. So shout out to all of the folks in Chicago, Cordova, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, and wherever it is that you're listening to us right now so we want to get into a couple of things first we want to dig into the big clash of champions pay-per-view from wwe if you've not had a chance to see it yet we are going to share some spoilers with you it's been well almost two days now so I hope that's okay Uh, this is how it went down of course this was the pay-per-view where every championship in WWE was scheduled to be on the line we saw Asuka successfully defend her Raw Women's Championship against Zelina Vega Bobby Lashley retained against Apollo Crews Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro retained against the Lucha House Parties the Street Profits Retained against Andrade and Angel Garza. Bailey ended up with uh, an interesting match as she retained her title against Asuka via disqualification. Sami Zayn defeats Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles to win or regain or retain, depending upon your perspective, the Intercontinental Championship in that latter match. Drew McIntyre defeats Randy Orton in an ambulance match to retain the title. And Roman Reigns defeats Jey Uso to retain the Universal Championship. So, uh, kind of a a look at this. First and foremost, I have to say that uh, really no titles changed hands except the Intercontinental Championship, again, depending upon your perspective. I have to say, by and large, WWE gave us a great Pay per view. That ladder match to kick things off was incredible. I do mean incredible. And I cannot overstate just how the WWE product looks and feels so different. Being back in an arena, this Thunderdome helped way more than we realized. Yes, we know they're pumping in crowd noise, but so is every other sport at this point. So that's not really uh, an issue. But what is amazing is it's clear that these guys are getting a lot more comfortable back in this environment than they were in the performance center all of the in-ring content is so much better uh, as you can see these guys are really really starting to feel like wrestlers again so shout out to Sami Zayn. what a match between him jeff hardy and aj styles and really all of the matches were really really impressive to say the least so there were a couple of very interesting things that happened at Clash of Champions that we want to talk about that have had an impact on the rest of WWE programming. Let's start with the fact that there was another weird ending in a title match in WWE. It was about two or three weeks ago that we had that very strange ending for the uh, women's title match between Asuka and Mickie James that started a hashtag that said Mickie got screwed. Um, well, this time around, a weird ending for the Raw tag team title match that saw the Street Profits defeat Angel Garza and Andrade. It definitely looked like it was not a three count, but the match itself ended. And if you'll notice, if you look towards the end of that match, you'll see uh, the attendance attending to Angel Garza who suffered a legitimate hip injury uh, in that match and so he was outside there's not been a diagnosis given by WWE as of yet one thing we can report according to Mike Johnson the PW Insider that it's not as serious as it was initially feared So it's very interesting, of course, last night uh, it looks like Andrade is on a singles path for the time being with uh, Garza out and with Zelina Vega no longer managing, which I got to say, I don't know if that's a mistake or not. Uh, I definitely have loved the dynamic between Zelina Vega and Andrade. I think they have been hinting at a breakup for a little too long. I mean, even if you go back to WrestleMania, it seemed like there could have been a breakup. But I do think she is good for him on television. Uh, I don't know that because of her size and her lack of of uh, in-ring competition over time that we actually believed at any point that she'd be able to beat Asuka why she goes from managing to a title shot is kind of weird to me but I may have a theory on that if you stick around I may share that with you as well So anyway, that's that side of things. Um, The other side of things that's interesting is you'll note that there was one championship that was supposed to be defended that was not. That was the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, You'll also note that... Asuka was supposed to fight Nikki Cross well Nia Jax Shayna Baszler Nikki Cross all off of Clash of Champions and it has something to do with COVID-19 so here's the deal it is believed that one or two of them and this is going to sound really kind of whatever but it's believed that one or two of them had contact with someone who has COVID. And so it's a precautionary measure. It's not believed that either of them actually have COVID. But what we do know for sure is that Naya and Shayna have been rather vocal. If you follow them on Twitter, you'll see that Naya uh, said to everyone, Listen, I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, she even put out a joking tweet that said Shayna was pregnant. Shayna says she's good. And 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 so really, it seems like a more precautionary situation for Nia and Shayna as that tag team title match will happen uh, at some point down the road. It doesn't look like they're going to be stripped of the titles or anything like that, but definitely kind of a weird thing. And another reminder why, in my opinion, WWE is really dropping the ball. By not just owning up to the fact that, hey, them like the rest of the world is involved in a pandemic and the pandemic is so fluid that it can, in fact, impact what your programming is supposed to be. Ask the folks at NXT, which, by the way, if you'll notice again, NXT looked a little weird this past week. So it's believed that the outbreak for the uh, NXT COVID-19 situation Uh, This outbreak is kind of serious because it's believed that it is the result of, get this, a talent who threw a party. Yeah, it's believed that the outbreak happened after a talent threw a party, other trainees attended, and it impacted folks from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So it's kind of crazy. There have been a number of positive tests and they did put out a statement and their statement looks like this. This is what they said. They said, quote, as part of ongoing testing protocols, WWE completed its second round of weekly COVID-19 testing on Tuesday. This, of course, being last Tuesday. Individuals that tested positive will quarantine for 14 days, receive medical care and then will only be cleared when they are symptom free and test negative. Additionally, extensive contact tracing has taken place and other individuals have been placed in 14 day quarantine and will then only be cleared after they test negative. So this is important for a couple of reasons. For one, we've got NXT TakeOver 31 going down this Sunday. That's gonna be live and so uh, we'll see if the folks who were quarantined and who tested positive uh, will come back with a negative test allowing them to be on TakeOver. So all of that is going to be very very interesting and so because we mentioned this party and because we mentioned that talent on NXT and Raw and SmackDown had been potentially impacted as we have seen with Nikki Cross as we have seen with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax here's kind of the new rule uh, in a way to safeguard and prevent the further spread of the virus talents and staff who are working at the performance center or on nxt tapings will not be allowed to work raw or smackdown tapings at the amway center until further notice so they're going to do their best to keep these folks apart and i just got to say this why weren't they doing this before like It only makes sense. This is not like AEW where you primarily do one show. uh, You do dark, but everything happens in the same location. We're dealing with two different locations. And I'm just going to say this, and and maybe it's too much to say, but this, again, is another bit of proof that WWE has not taken this COVID-19 situation seriously. And again, I say this, stop acting like there's not a disease that has killed 200,000 people here in the United States and a million people worldwide let's not ignore this wrestlers are people too they need to take the proper precautions all of the other organizations are doing it and have no problem acknowledging this pandemic on television but like it insults our intelligence when you say for instance Sami Zayn was gone for six months and he was just gone or you say a returning rob Robert Rude was gone for six months and we don't know why he was gone. Yes, you do. It's everything to do with the pandemic. Let's stop trying to deceive people when the whole world knows there's a pandemic. You don't have fans in the arena because there's a pandemic. You have people on camera with masks on because there's a pandemic. Like stop insulting our intelligence in this way. With that said, I have to talk about what I believe is one of the brightest spots in all of WWE. So as much as I disdain the way WWE has been handling the pandemic, I have to say that the greatest bit of storytelling for WWE in 2020 has been this story of Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and the Bloodline. I mean, from the promos that have happened to the special you know, showcases like uh, WWE Chronicle, um, the packages that have been set up for this, it has just been amazing to watch. And so there's been um, a mixed bag of folks relative to this match, but a lot of you, Seem to have really enjoyed the match that happened uh, between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. A lot of you had a lot to say on social media. At Esquire says, I finally have become a Roman Reigns fan, which might defeat the purpose of his heel turn, but... Whatever Mike Wright, aka Michael Dixon says, quote, they have struck gold with heel Roman and the Samoan family angle. If this leads to Rock versus Roman at Mania, I'd be a happy fan. And you aren't the only one that thinks that. There is a prevailing thought amongst our fans here at the faction who believe that this could be where this is going. Uh, Zach Williams also said the same thing. He said that this is one of the best stories told in a long while, and in watching that story unfold, it confirmed The Rock versus Roman Reigns is coming. Uh, There's also talk of this Samoan dynasty that could actually go down, but this is the prevailing thought amongst those here in the faction. Uh, Dominic White says the Uso Roman Reigns storytelling was absolutely amazing, and I've gotta say this, On one hand, you know it felt like the pace of the match was slow, but at the same time, there was a massive story being told. Let's remember, this is the first full match that we've seen Roman Reigns in as a single competitor since he returned. Even in the title match where he won the title, he showed up in the last two minutes, basically. Um, In the tag matches, he's shown up late. But this is the first time we've had a chance to see him in a match debuting a new look, Debuting a new style and really telling the larger story that I am the tribal chief that I am the one who brings in the money for the Samoan family that I am really the top dog in this whole situation. And the level of brutality that we saw the addition of Jimmy Uso this story isn't over by a long shot and I think if they work this right and we get to a payoff of rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania good grief. Take my money now. I have to give them props. We have, you know, we're tough on WWE at times, and we've often said. Matter of fact, Courtney has been one of the uh, leaders of this thought for years that there needs to be a story told on the Samoan Dynasty, and it's finally happening, and it's happening so well. And I'll just say this, and I'll get off my soapbox: the the juxtaposition in stories between Roman and the Usos and the Samoans Versus Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre I gotta tell you, I am over Orton and McIntyre I've been over Orton and McIntyre I was done with them at SummerSlam Like that's all I needed I didn't need a match uh, teased at Payback I didn't need the match at Clash of Champions I don't need what seems to be an upcoming match At Hell in a Cell Like we don't need it But for some reason, it looks like we're going to get it. And I will then focus my attention on SmackDown uh, for this Roman Reigns, Jey Uso situation, which you know is going to develop. I am excited. I want to see what happens if Jimmy gets healthy enough to be able to get back in the ring. What will other folks have to say? And at some point, you know, we're going to hear a statement from The Rock. There's no way Roman can do all these things and The Rock not somehow get involved. So. I want to get your thoughts. Many of you have spoken out on Clash of Champions, and we really appreciate it. But I want to ask this question. Is Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and the Samoan Dynasty right now, or the Bloodline as they are called, uh, is it the best story in WWE for the year? I know we got three months left, but... It's worth asking. Let's talk about that by way of social media. Tomorrow, we'll have the ratings for you from last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. I'm really interested to see how things went. Uh, We'll also get into the fact that we didn't see a whole lot of retribution last night and why that's important. Last but not least, of course, it is show week for SHW as our two-year anniversary goes down this Friday. If you've not had a chance to check out two big interviews that I conducted last week, you can check it out on the SHW Facebook page. We've also posted them on the Factions Instagram page and on my personal Instagram page. Had a chance to sit down with the SHW champion, Corey Hollis. Then a rather controversial interview that some of you had something to say about uh, with David Ali and... Owen Knight So check them both out Let me know what you think And uh, really excited about that We're going to get out of here Hope you guys have enjoyed Today's episode Share it with a friend or follower We definitely appreciate it And let's keep these conversations About pro wrestling continuing So on behalf of my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack And the fourth horseman John Murray I am GB Gerard Bonner Collectively we are The Faction Have a great day my Here we go